Before we get started today, I want to apologize for getting this episode up a couple days late. Those of you who have been following the podcast for a long time know that we are in kind of a transitionary phase right now. Uh, Both Rebecca and I are in the process of moving. Also, my wife Kara is pregnant. Also, I'm in the process of selling the CBD beverage company that I built. So there's a lot of things going on, and it's just getting kind of difficult for me to keep up with the podcast right now. So I think we're going to try to get a couple of episodes recorded and produced and ready to just hit the button and publish. And hopefully we can keep on top of that for the next couple weeks. But we may hit a point here where we just have to take a week or two off. I don't like putting out content that isn't produced to my standards, but I want to give you all something. So we're going to do our best to produce the best content that we can in the short term here, and we're really thankful to everyone who has been so supportive of us during this time. So hopefully we can get back on track and get back to the standard that you've come to expect from us. So this episode is an interview with Jason Horsch, and I think that there's a lot of really, really good information here for people. So if you didn't watch it live and haven't watched it yet on Facebook, this is a great opportunity to learn from one of the best. All right, without further ado, on with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we have an interview with Jason Horsch. Understanding some basics about the business side of art is vital to being able to exhibit and sell your work. Yet, for many artists, this aspect of their practice does not come naturally. Advice about how to approach galleries and present yourself in a professional way to the public is especially valuable when it comes from someone inside the gallery world. Today, we will speak with Jason Horsch, owner, with his wife Carrie, of Xanadu Gallery in Scottsdale, Arizona. In addition to owning the gallery, Jason is also an author, workshop instructor, blogger, and podcaster who has devoted himself to helping artists navigate the business side of their practices. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, and thank you for having me. So I'd like to start with kind of a basic question and and a big welcome to Jason. Um, So it seems to me you hold kind of a unique uh, place in the gallery world because you're kind of straddling running a gallery with helping artists to achieve their business goals. So you're seeing both sides of it and you're seeing the selling of artists, I mean, selling of art, sorry, and, and the artists needs and issues. Um, and I think it's really a common experience for artists when they're approaching galleries and trying to navigate this world, um, being turned away from galleries in ways that make them feel sort of diminished or disrespected. And I think it's so great that you have that, that great respect for artists and um, and you want to help them achieve their business goals. Um, so, uh, you know, you want them to have success. You want them to have, you know, positive experiences. So I'm just curious, what, what brought you to that other side? What made you want to reach out to artists and help them? Well, um, how far do we want to go back? Because really I would need to take <laughs> you back to the very beginning. I do hold a, a little bit of a unique position, I think in the art world in that, um, Uh, You know, I can see it from both sides because I am second generation in the art business. My father is a painter. He's been a full-time professional artist for 45 um, years now. And um, so I grew up 
um, you know, very much in the art world, very much um, dependent upon my father's ability to, um, you, you know, not only create amazing art, but then to be able to find an audience for that artwork, build relationships with galleries, sell the work. And so, um, you know, I, I uh, got to, to um, see my father build his career from the ground up. Now, I should also tell you that um, it was maybe even a little more challenging for my father than for many artists in that I'm the oldest of my parents' nine children. Oh, my gosh. So my father had to paint like a madman and, um, you know, work very, very hard to be successful. But, um, you know, being the um the oldest of his children i got to grow up during the most challenging phase of his career where he was really trying to break through and make it in and so um i know how hard it is for an artist um and um i i didn't end up getting any of the artistic or creative um genes from my dad but i loved going to art shows i loved traveling to galleries um, and, um, you know, kind of seeing my dad in shows and collectors coming in to meet my father, watching uh, gallery sales staff interact with collectors. Um, and that was the side of the business that I fell in love with. And um, when I was 17, uh, I went and got a job at uh, the gallery that was representing my father in Scottsdale, Arizona, a large landscape and Western art gallery. Um, and um, started learning the gallery side of the business there. And so I really have, I think, kind of a unique um, perspective and experience in the, the gallery world to be able to see it from both sides. Yeah, that, that situation of growing up and, and being dependent on your father's to sell work and, and to see that it was a struggle at times. So that's really interesting. And then to go into the, that side of it for yourself. And so yeah. when, yeah, and when, when you, so you eventually opened your gallery. Well, I know you have two, two galleries, actually, one in Pine Top, Arizona, as well as Scottsdale. Um, but when you first started um, as a gallery owner, um, you started to notice the problems that artists had or the issues that they might have. Is that right? When they, when they would approach you, and you assume that's how they're approaching everyone, what are some of the things that... Uh, you identified as uh, artists not quite getting how to do it, how, how they could be better at it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of started seeing that right away. Um, you know, it, 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 as soon as my wife and I opened our gallery, I mean, immediately we began having artists approach us and, um, you know, looking for representation. And we were very young. I was 26 years old when we opened our mm. gallery. Um, and so not exactly necessarily a, um, you know, an authority figure at that point. Um, we were very much learning the business from the ground up. And, um, but, but I could see right away the struggle that artists would have in talking to gallery owners, even when they were coming in, you know, here was a, here, here would come in a, um, fairly well established artist who had, um, you know, was creating great artwork, was advancing in their career. Um, and they're approaching a 26 year old kid and they're the nervous ones. Um, oh. And it just, it, it was, um, you know, quite an eye opening experience to, to see that. Um, and 
just over the years, seeing many artists approaching us, um, and I, I would see them making many of the same kinds of um, mistakes, for lack of a better way to say it, um, you know, that they would, would just not be quite as prepared as they potentially could be. Um, and, and so um, I, I remember one experience in particular, um, you know, this was probably oh, nine or 10 years into us having our own gallery, uh, that I could see an artist coming through the front door. I could tell right away that he was an artist. He had the deer in headlights kind of look. There was portfolios <laughs> stuck under his arm. And um, he was, uh, it, you know, he proceeded to approach me. He was in town looking for representation. And in the course of just four or five minutes, this artist made just about every mistake you could imagine. He said some things about his art you wouldn't want to say. Um uh, said some things about my gallery that you wouldn't want to say to someone <laughs> who you're trying to build a relationship with. And it was just a painful experience um, for both of us. I'm sure he was unsuccessful uh, in presenting his work to me. And, you know, as he left the gallery and I went back to my desk, I, I, I just kind of had the the conversation with myself and asked myself, why is this so hard for artists to do? Why, why do artists find this um, prospect of approaching and talking to gallery owners so challenging, even when maybe they have done it, you know, many, many times over in their career, it's still a huge challenge. And I was able to have some conversations with artists that I represent and with my father and kind of talk about this a little bit more over the coming months. And I just realized that, um, you know, for an artist who's interested in pursuing a career, selling their art, there really is, at least at that time, there wasn't a lot of information available for them about the best way to do it. What are the best practices for an artist? You know, an artist could get an advanced degree in fine art um, and never have had one conversation with a professor or <laughs> other artists about what it might take to approach galleries and how to do it um, professionally. And so that was kind of the, really that conversation and the subsequent conversations that I had with other artists was the genesis of my putting together a workshop and writing my books um, in that I wanted to be able to give artists the same kind of perspective that I have, kind of see the business from both sides, understand what gallery owners are looking for, understand what tools you might need to be able to prepare yourself so that as an artist, you can feel confident as you move forward and go and approach and talk to galleries um, and present yourself in a professional way. And so that you could realize when a gallery owner says, no, thank you, we're not interested, um, that's not a, a reflection on you or your art. That's simply a, um, a, you know, a response to how well they think the art would fit in. And you shouldn't let that stop yeah from then going and talking to other galleries and um, continuing your pursuit of your, your, uh, you know, your, your goals as an artist. What do you, what would you say is kind of a, from the artist perspective, the main kind of misperception that is in the way, like if I'm going to go approach a gallery with my work and I agree, it's difficult. I've done it many times to me. There is always a feeling of, um, I don't know, uh, you know, are they going to like me? It's like, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's very personal in a way. And I, I think that's a stumbling block. Um, 
but yeah, are there things that you can identify that that artists could say, yeah, that's that's where I'm hung up. That's what the problem is. Yeah, um, you're right. Um, certainly, um, I, I can completely understand what a challenge it is because it feels like when a gallery owner says, no, thank you, um, it's very easy to read into that, that they are judging your work, um, that, that they are saying that, no, you're not good enough. When in fact, um, you, you know, that's just most of the time, the vast majority of times, that's just not the case. When I'm looking at an artist's work, what I'm asking myself is, um, you know, is this is this work that would be a good fit in my gallery with the other art that's showing here? Is it artwork that would be of interest to my collectors? Um, you know, does this artist seem like someone who's going to be good to work with and professional? Um, you, you know, and and most importantly, is this artwork that I feel excited about and confident that I can, can promote and sell? It's, it's not necessarily, I mean, I've seen many, many artworks and, and artist presentations over the years where I liked the work and I could see it was quality, but I just couldn't make it fit all of those criteria. And I'm not trying to um, diminish you as an artist. I'm just telling you, my gallery is not going to be the best venue for your artwork. You want to keep looking until you find that gallery that is going to be the good fit. Mm -hmm. And so I think if, if, if an artist can think of it that way, try to be a little bit, step out outside yourself just a little bit and be a little bit more objective and say, Oh good. I'm glad that that gallery said no. Um, because if they don't think they can sell my work, why would I want to be showing there in the first place? Yes. <laughs> that's just one more no on my, my, my path towards getting a yes from a gallery. Now, I think mm -hmm. the other thing I'd have to say is that um, there is a lot of work you can do before you step out the door and go and start talking to galleries that can really help put you in a position to present yourself in a better way to feel more confident about yourself um, and, and your work. And, and, you know, just briefly, some of the things I'd mentioned is one, you want to have a, a, a good body of consistent, ready to display, ready to hang artwork. Um, and so for most artists, um, you know, painters, I recommend having 20 to 25 gallery ready pieces that are consistent in feel um, that means that they're either similar in subject matter or style. They're recognizable as having been done by one artist. You want to have a, a portfolio of that work ready to go. Um, and most of the portfolios I'm seeing now are digital. So you want to be working towards creating a digital portfolio. Um, and then you want to be um, uh, able to talk about your work confidently. And a good way to, to kind of get a, a start on that is to have written an artist statement where you're talking about um, what it is that you're trying to achieve with your artwork. That kind of gives you some talking points um, to, to fall back on when you're having a conversation with a gallery owner or even with a collector. You want to have a um, biography that gives some of a kind of narrative background of, of your history as an artist. And if you've, done, if you've got those things ready to go, um, you, you are going to be able to, to walk in and talk to a gallery owner feeling very confident about yourself. And that confidence is going to be self-reinforcing and that gallery owners are going to see it and are going to be more responsive um, to, to your presentation of your work. And you're going to have a more, um, you know, more productive conversations with gallery owners. Yeah, good points. Um, so what, um, 
As far as the actual approach of a gallery, uh, what do you recommend people do if they want to come and talk to you about their work or any gallery owner? Um, it seems like some of the things that used to work don't work so much anymore because there are so many artists uh, trying to get their work out there. What do you feel is the best approach? Well, that's true. You're right that there are a lot of artists out there and it is a competitive marketplace. I wouldn't spend too much time worrying about that because there are no artists who are you. Um, you're doing unique work. Um, you, you know, you've got a unique perspective and, and story to tell. And, um, it, and in some ways, yes, it is competitive, but um, I, I would just keep in mind that every other artist out there is feeling the same things that you are. And, um, you know, that some of them aren't being able to break through and go out and talk to, to, um, to, to galleries. And so I just wouldn't let that get in the way. Instead, um, what I would recommend is that uh, several things. Number one is that you should be thinking in terms of approaching dozens and dozens of galleries, uh, many galleries in your quest to, to get gallery representation. Um, it's a mistake that I, that one of the biggest mistakes I see artists making is, and, and they'll talk to me and they'll say, Jason, I have approached galleries and no one is interested in showing my work. And I'll say, oh, really? I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, you, how, how many galleries have you talked to? And they'll say, oh, goodness, I, I must have talked to three or four different galleries. And they all, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and so the conversation from there is, OK, we need to, to get a little bit different perspective on this. It's going to take way more than that. Um, to, to, to find the right galleries. It's a bit of a numbers game. You are um, presenting your work to galleries and you need an alignment, as I was mentioning earlier, of their interests and your work. And in order to get to that, you really got to talk to a lot of galleries. And so my recommendation to artists is as you're researching galleries and you're thinking about um, uh, seeking gallery representation, build a list of 100 galleries that you want to approach. You know, start with the galleries that maybe are closest or most accessible to you and kind of work your way out from there. Think about, um, you know, uh, resort destination areas. Those tend to attract a lot of galleries and just start building a very deep list. And, you, you know, having a list that's, that's that deep and that broad um, will help you psychologically to um, be in the right frame of mind to to do approaches in the right way, where you'll well, be able to say, well, um, you know, these two or three galleries said no, but that's no problem because I've still got a long list ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, I understand the the uh, the feeling of this is this is the one I want, this one. Yeah, we got to get. If this one says right? no, <laughs> you know, the that's, good news that's is a hurdle. Yeah, with with the internet and with the digital portfolio, you can actually reach all these galleries, and you can reach them anywhere in the world. Th and that's I think exactly that what, right. And what you were saying about uh, focusing on on resort areas or vacation areas is a great tip because oftentimes when people are in those situations, they're less resistant to spending money. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and uh, I, I guess I speak from a little personal experience. Both of my galleries are in areas that are, um, you know, vacation destinations. And 90% uh, of the art that we sell is to people who are in that frame of mind that you're talking mm -hmm. about. And so, you know, it's just natural that those markets, now that's not to say, obviously, there are some galleries in, you know, major metropolitan areas that, that, that um, kind of take a little different approach and have a different clientele. 
And you don't want to rule those ones out, but you just want to be looking everywhere that you can to be finding good potential galleries uh, to approach. What what do you recommend for the actual specific way to approach? Is it sending the whole portfolio with an email or exactly how do you recommend people do that? Yeah, that's definitely one way to do it. And um, over the last uh, 18 months where, um, you know, the world has been a little bit of a different place with the pandemic and not being able to travel as much, um, certainly I've seen more uh, approaches via email and, and and have been working with artists who've been doing it that way. And so that's definitely one good way to do it. And, and if you're going to do that, if you're approaching galleries by email, you kind of need to take your persistence even to another level. I already mentioned that you'd want to have 100 galleries. But if you're approaching by email, you're also going to need to approach each of those galleries potentially multiple times. It's not good enough to just say, oh, well, I sent that gallery an email and I never heard back from them. Um, it, it is well worth the time to follow up and send several different, uh, well, not different, uh, several repeated emails to the galleries with a, a, a copy of your portfolio, your biography, your artist statement, um, and be a little bit persistent. In uh, my experience in working with artists is that it's on the fourth or fifth contact with the gallery by email that you're likely to get a, a response. Um, you know, and to a certain extent, I think gallery owners, and again, I'm speaking from experience, there can be a tendency, you're busy, you're reading through your email, you've got several different artists uh, approaching you by email. It's pretty easy to just shuffle those away or file them away. But when I see an artist approaching me multiple times, then I'm, I'm more likely to say, oh, hmm. I guess I better respond to this artist. Um, you know, that's interesting. Professional. <clears throat> now, I would also say, though, that that's one approach. But I'm also, if, if at all possible, I am an advocate of going and physically visiting the gallery with your portfolio um, and trying um, uh, to, to present it in person. You know, there are some things that you can do when you are physically meeting a gallery owner, there are connections that can be made and relationships that can be started that are more difficult to achieve by email. It can be done, but um, uh, your success rate is going to go up if you can go and, and uh, shake a gallery owner's hand um, and start a conversation and they can start to get to know your personality a little bit. They can see the portfolio. Boy, if you can have some samples of your artwork available for them to see in person, you know, that really adds another dimension to the, uh, the, the experience that you'll have in meeting the gallery owner. And, and that meeting, would, that, would a person set that up by appointment or would they just walk in? Because we're always told not to just walk in with, with a portfolio. That's right, you are. And let's, let's think about why you've been told that. Um, you know, as a gallery owner, certainly um, I, I get a lot of uh, presentations of portfolios. And, um, y you know, it's, it's probably in my, the best interest of my time management to say, don't approach me without uh, calling head or sending appointment. But the reality is, if you keep it kind of casual, um, and uh, my recommendation is, and I've written this in my books, and I've worked with dozens and, I mean, hundreds of artists over the years who have had success approaching gallery owners cold, without any kind of appointment. They walked into the gallery, um, introduced themselves as an artist. <clears throat> I'm just here in the area. Um, I'm looking at the galleries. Would you have a moment to look at my portfolio? That, that kind of serendipity that can occur in those conversations um, 
uh, can can do a lot for moving your, um, your you, you, the potential for re uh, uh, representation forward. Um, and the, the problem with calling ahead to try and set an appointment is that it's just very easy for a gallery owner to say, no, thank you, I'm not interested, you know, don't bother. Um, and I, I would rather have you had the, the experience of walking in the door and being there in person. And you know, it really doesn't take that much for a gallery owner to quickly glance at your portfolio to start to get an idea. And by the way, if you were to visit uh, my galleries and look around at the different artists that I'm representing, um, many of them uh, were cold calls into my gallery with a portfolio and a conversation that started and, uh, you know, I'm now representing them. So much of the communication is nonverbal, and I'm I'm a massive fan of what you're talking about. Just walking in the door cold, um, I've gotten jobs that way many times. Yeah, and uh, it's it's the same kind of thing. Basically, you're interviewing, and you want to make sure that they're a good fit. Um, you're not just trying to sell yourself. Um, you want the gallery to sell themselves to you. And yeah, you no, want to Ross, evaluate how well that fit an is. Excellent, excellent point there. And I think it's important for an artist to see it that way. You know, it's very easy to um, kind of think of the gallery owners as some kind of masters of the universe who hold all the power <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're some lowly supplicant who's walking through the door and they might throw lightning bolts at you, that kind of thing. When in reality, um, I wouldn't be in business. I would have nothing you know, to work with were it not for the artists that I'm representing. And I just never know when the next artist who walks through the front door is going to be our next big seller. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, I do hear stories of gallery owners who are rude and, and um, non-responsive to artists who are, are coming in and talking to them. And I just don't get it. I don't understand that, uh, that mentality. But if you think about it, that gallery owner, even though they're being rude and belittling you maybe, they're doing you a favor because they are letting you know in the clearest way possible that they are jerks and you don't want to be working with them. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> so why, why would I feel bad about myself after that situation when it's them yes. who, who um, you know, are being the, the, the jerk? And, and the, the fear of that happening, because if it happens to you once, it, it's, it can be it's, scarring. Yes, it is scarring. Yeah. yeah and, and, and so, but I, again, I totally... Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, again, having that long list of galleries to approach can be such a benefit because you don't, you, you know, the, the stakes of any individual approach to a gallery or conversation with a gallery owner have decreased substantially when you've got a long list of galleries to approach. Um, you know, you're just checking one more gallery off on your way towards finding a gallery that's interested in representing you. And I, I just I, I would encourage an artist not to take anything that's said by a gallery owner personally, even if they do happen to be rude. But 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 the other thing I'd say is you, you'll actually be surprised as you approach more and more galleries. It's pretty rare, actually, that that's going to happen. More often than not, you're going to have positive, productive conversations with the gallery owners. Um, even if they're not interested in representing you, you can still have a great conversation with them and a positive experience um, in, and, and move on from there to, to find the gallery that's yeah. interested. I, 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 would, I, I agree with that. It's happened. Uh, to me, just, just having a great conversation and feeling like, well, this may be not the right place, but it's, 
it's it's part of your world as you, as an artist to get to know gallery people to get to know what they're thinking and so it's all it's all good to to experience that um and i guess one of the things that i find myself telling people and i think it fits with what you're saying is um if you can afford it if you have the time and the finances to go to an area that you're interested in and spend some time, spend a few days so that you can walk around and do that in person. Um, and maybe the first time just kind of scope things out and then go back. Um, but because you, you do want to know a lot about, you want to know what the gallery is, who they represent. And I know you gave the example of when you first started um, at least, well, maybe it's still ongoing, but people, because you're in Scottsdale, which has a certain, you know, known for a certain type of Western art that, that you'd be approached by people doing that kind of art, even though it's not necessarily what you carry. <laughs> so that, that yeah. basic understanding research, spending time in an area um, is, is really good background. It is. And, you know, even if you can't travel to the area, um, you know, again, thanks to the internet, there's a lot of research you can do ahead of time. Look at the other artists that they're showing and, you know, make sure that um, there is some potential for, for uh, you know, a match there. You're right. Um, you know, if you look at, at my gallery and you're doing traditional Western art, it, it wouldn't take much research to figure out, no, this is probably not the gallery <laughs> for me. Um, but I, I do have to throw out a word of caution there, and that is that you don't want to overthink it um, and, and um, rule out every gallery that you come across because they're not showing work that's exactly like yours. Um, you want to keep a little bit of an open mind. And if there's even the vaguest possibility that you might be a fit in that gallery, it just doesn't hurt to present <clears throat> your portfolio to them. Um, you just never know. There are a lot of times where a gallery is saying, hey, we're looking for something that's maybe a little bit different than what we're doing. We don't want a, a, you know, a 23rd artist who's doing the exact same thing that all the other artists are doing. And, <laughs> and, that's, and so that's, it, it, it oh, just sorry. doesn't take much to, to present a portfolio and let the gallery owner decide if it, if it is a fit or not a fit. Don't be too picky um, you know, in terms of the fit when you're presenting to galleries because you just got very little to lose uh, by presenting a portfolio and a, and a lot potentially to gain. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think uh, many artists have had the experience of being told, oh, yeah, your work is great, but it's too much like so-and-so's in the gallery. And sometimes that's it's right. hard for the artist to see that. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I'm I'm totally unique. No, it's nothing like theirs. But that's the business perspective, right? And that's what that's the thing not to take personally or anything. It's just... Exactly. Yeah. Oftentimes, too, we don't understand... Um, necessarily who our, our customer actually is, as well as the gallery owner. Um, and oftentimes we can be walking into a situation that we may feel this is outside of our demographic. This is not the people who are normally buying our work. And you may be completely wrong about that. Yeah. No, no, that's right. Because, um, you know, a lot of times your experience and your opportunity to show and share your art has been limited, maybe artificially limited to the audience that you had access to. Um, you know, maybe you've only been showing in, in certain galleries or maybe you haven't been showing in galleries at all. You've been doing art shows and festivals or studio tours. And so you've started to get um, a sense of who that demographic is. But, um, you know, the only way you can find out really who your your audience is, is exposure and, and um, giving 
a broad uh, range of, of folks the opportunity to see your work, to see where the, the interest comes from. You know, we're really in a niche industry where um, it, it is hard to, to um, get a broad overview and statistics on who exactly your, your, your buyer is, what their profile is. And um, I, I would just go for the broadest possible exposure I could get um, to, to give the, the most possible people the opportunity to see and buy your artwork. Yeah, it's it kind of along those lines. One of the people ask me for advice about selling their work. Um, and one of the things I tend to say is sometimes people are very concerned about, I want to do this kind of work because I think it will sell. And maybe it's something they have been successful with. But as an artist, they're ready to change. Maybe they're moving into abstraction or something. And I tend to say to people, do do your best work, do the work that means something to you, and you'll find a place for it. And and rather than looking at the market and saying, this is what I think will sell, because it's kind of hard to predict that, isn't it? I mean, if yeah. you find the right place for you, it's fine. Yeah, and and you know the problem with with kind of chasing that mentality, I'm going to do what's what's popular and what's selling, is that you can you're always going to tend to be behind that curve. Um, you, you know, the market shifts and changes. I see it in my gallery where interest will will um, be kind of transitory and and moving, and that's why it's important for us as a gallery to offer a variety of different work. Um, and to be experimenting with bringing in new artists. That's what keeps the art market dynamic. Um, but I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that um, as an individual artist, you should be doing work that you are excited and passionate about. And I don't care what that is. Um, there's, we live in a very broad, diverse art market. There are more art collectors out there than there have ever been. Um, and you can find, you know, you can find a home for your artwork, no matter what your subject matter or style is. And all you have to do is look around um, social media and, and look at the galleries online and see the, the different works that they're representing. I mean, that's a good exercise to, you know, as you're researching galleries, kind of look at the other work that they're showing and to realize what a broad market we're in and what, uh, you know, what a, 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 a wide market it is for, for different kinds of work. Yeah, that's really encouraging. I think uh, people are often too concerned to narrow in what they think is all right to put out there. And I feel like if it's sincere, it's good work, it's it's honest work, um, it, it can find a home. <laughs> I would add one thing to that, and that is, I would say, um, it, it, and it's a lot of work. Um, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's really, I, I cannot stress enough the importance of production, um, you know, of an artist having a, a uh, you know, kind of nose to the grindstone mentality and, and just producing a lot of work. The artists that I'm most successful with, um, and in fact, it's one of the main criteria I look at as I'm, I'm considering taking on a new artist is, you know, how much work do you produce? How much can you produce? Um, because, you know, especially as we're promoting and uh, building a following for the work um, and, and just kind of term, in terms of thinking about the quality of the work, there's, there's some quality that just comes by putting miles on your paintbrush, by spending time in the studio, uh, creating like crazy. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of saw, see my father as the example of that, where the more work he produced, the better it became, 
and you know the more inventory it gave him to get out into galleries and and kind of taking that um that that approach of of thinking of having a lot of work available to you makes a huge difference in an artist's career well we are getting kind of close to the end of time that uh for what we normally do on uh on a podcast uh jason do you have uh uh, plugs. Um, how, how can people find you? Take your classes. Read more about what you have to say. Yeah, the um, you know, kind of the, the the hub for all of that is the blog that we've created. It is red.blog.com, um, and what I've tried to create is not only a repository of helpful information. I've written, a, 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 you know, just a, a lot of articles about kind of every aspect of the gallery business insights um, from my experience working with artists. And I've, it, you know, it's a, it's a, 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 um, a library of articles and, and information, but it's also a community. Um, you, you know, we've, I've been blogging for about uh, 13 years now, and um, we have tens of thousands of blog readers. And so it's great that I can put up an article and then get a lot of comments from artists about their experiences from other gallery owners and and we get a great conversation going and so um if you go to that blog and sign up to our email list that will put you right in the center of understanding what's going on um you know kind of what we're seeing in the art market and and to receive articles that will be helpful to you in your career as you're thinking about gallery representation and what what about the um the art business academy that sounds yeah, that, really that interesting kind of, too yeah that that will come naturally if you're signed up to the blog you'll you know you'll see when we're doing uh work, workshop events either online or in person um and and then also i have my more intensive course you know for an artist who is ready to really get serious about gallery representation i offer an 18-month course um, where we're working together um you know i've, I've created very in-depth lessons with exercises that will help you put together your portfolio. I will evaluate your work for consistency and quality. Um, and so, you know, uh, th there are kind of some steps to make sure you're ready for that. And that's where going to the blog and kind of following along there will help you know when you're ready to step up to the next level and, and maybe get a little bit That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's the nexus for everything is red.blog.com. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have to say, you know, looking, I've been reading some of the articles. I love that sometimes your take on things is like you were saying about walking in with a cold call, your take on things isn't always the expected. And there, there was one that I loved about, um, uh, not overdoing your gratitude when somebody buys. That's something. right. Because <laughs> yeah. we always say, oh, we have to be very full of thanks. Well, we may feel that, but you made some good points about, you know, it's you're just doing your job. They're buying something. Uh, it's it's a good exchange, but it's not like you have to, you know, bow down in front of them or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> but that's I just right. like and, that's it, it, it's kind of an interesting point of view. And and I do my my goal in the in the blog and podcasts and and different um, you know different online things that we do is that um, I want I want to tell an artist what it's really like and what mm -hmm. they should really expect. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat anything and I don't want to make you think that this is easy. Boy, if, if you were looking for overnight fame and success and riches, you have come to the wrong industry. Um, because, you know, uh, from my experience as an artist, it is, it, it, it's the years that you're putting into to perfecting your craft. And then it's this cumulative effect of all of your efforts to, um, 
you know, build a following and gain exposure that, that, that make the difference. And I want an artist to understand this is going to take work, but if you're going to do that work, let's make sure you're doing it effectively and efficiently. And my goal is to make it easier to find that, that path forward. That's excellent. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap up unless there's anything else you want to add, uh, Jason or Ross. No, I, 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 I uh, enjoyed the conversation. I, I love talking about art and, and the art business. And uh, I think we've had some, some great questions and a good discussion. And um, I look forward to, to being in touch. Yeah, that was, that was very excellent. Thank you. I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of this. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Bye now. That just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.